bring up this comment as well. We are live. I'm streaming from a spire lounge in Heathrow Terminal 5. Um, topic today about traveling, which is apt considering I'm at, and I'm at the airport and you are also in Berlin, aren't you? Yes, I am in nice. Berlin, yes. Yes, I'm back, my, I'm, back in, I'm back in my box room. I'm back in my comfort zone, sitting in front of a white <laughs> wall. <laughs> back in your... Uh, yeah, back in your bunker in Berlin. Yes. Um, we've parted ways on part one of Russia, but we will be rejoining uh, for part two, where we head up to the place, secret place, but we're going to spend a few days in the place with apparently the most supermodels in Russia, um, which I've never heard of before. It's not an obvious place, is it? It's, it's, it doesn't even no. sound like a Russian name, to be honest. Um, no. I think it, it's a wind-up. <laughs> Well, we're going to say either it's going to be either it's going to be amazing, or we're going to just meet a bunch of babushkas, and it's going to be very funny um, for everybody else and not for us. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think it'll be interesting. Doing a bit of research on the place, it seems really interesting. Some cool Speak, stuff there. So speaking to our man on the ground as well, it does yeah. sound. It, 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 and him showing us photos of the weekend actually looks pretty good. So fingers crossed, we'll be back there in Russia, twelfth to the eighteenth. And then obviously for guys that are wanting to join us. We still have a couple of space available for Helsinki. 18th and 24th is going to be a blast. We've got six students. We've got myself and Troy leading it. And then we've got two other guys coming out as well, probably to help out. So it's going to be a really, really good time out there. If you've been double jabbed, not to get into a vaccine debate, but if you've been double jabbed, just to be clear, you can walk in from any country um, without any restriction into Finland. Yeah. So maybe an incentive just to look at getting the jab again. We're not turning this into a vaccine debate. No politics. Um, no politics today. No politics. But yeah, today's going to be focused around travel. And we've kind of, well, let me let me read out the question um, we got from a guy. Dear Tusk, I st still feel the sweet breath breathing on your... Okay, this is a different uh, question. Right, right, <laughs> 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 uh, Richie Rich, Tusk and Troy act well, we don't have jobs. <clears throat> he sounds like a black cab driver from the... Come in here, steal our jobs, steal our birds. These fridge, these uh, fridge freezers, they get on the internet, they get up the pear, the apples and pears with their plates of meat, and they don't they reckon we don't have bloody jobs. <laughs> Tusk and Troy, out we don't have jobs, live in the UK, and can't just hop on a plane and leave at a moment's notice just because they get paid to teach day game in a commas. In brackets, not a real career, just in case we were fooling anyone. Um, and basically live a nomadic lifestyle. It's comical. Tusk always says, I don't know why people don't travel around with this stuff more. Um, simply because they can't. It's that simple. If you work a corporate job, it's just, just not easy to fuck off to Siberia when you fancy it. Interesting um, ways framed it. We've touched a nerve talking about travel yet again, bizarrely. Despite yeah. the fact that I've been doing this for four years and the content is all travel related. It seems people are quite anti the idea of travel. Um, but what we want to do is amalgamate it to, towards a kind of a, a larger question here, which is, okay, you know, circumstance abiding, we're not going to tell you how to live your lives. Um, but what can you do and why should you be traveling, in our opinion, even if it is kind of using some holiday time in the UK, maybe max 20 days, let's say, um, and what, how best to, to kind of go about that process and why it's important to do so. Maybe that's yeah. kind of the angle we should come at it from. But just maybe just, just to address his point full on, Richie Rich, uh, with your Kim, Kim Jong-un um, logo, which I'm assuming is not what you look like. Um, 
I think he's quite a regular. Him? I think he's he's quite a regular viewer as well. I think so. Um, maybe just the. I, I mean, I, I get why people might sometimes be a little bit. I don't know, bristle a little bit about this because, particularly with you, I mean, less so with me because, to be honest, I've been seeing a bunker in London for, the, for for most of lockdown, so it's not really quite as much with me. But um, certainly with you, I mean, you are travelling pretty pretty much the whole time. Well, really, the whole time, and I can understand why people on the outside will be like, "Well, hang on a minute, this is all right for this for this bloke, or it's all right for these guys," you know, just jetting off to the place where there's the most supermodels in the world. But you know, I'm stuck in this job. You know, I've got family here. I've got commitments here. So we we can't all be as fortunate. I mean, my my initial point to that would be, yes, but both of us previously had corporate jobs and we're living in London. So uh, and we chose to make a change in lifestyle. So I, I don't know. What, what's your view on that? Yeah, I think it's that niche rest. Find your why, isn't it? And for me, it was the death of a couple of friends, um, which kind of, not in a sub story way, but just made me realize the value of time and how precious yeah. you know, your time is and how you never get it back. So I wasn't fully happy in London. I think I've been coasting along for a long time, just doing what yeah. was expected rather than actually really taking an active reins in my life. So I made that decision to quit um, the corporate mm. world and uh, leave and get on a plane. And yeah, I mean, again, as you said, we were working in, in corporate jobs in the city. So you know, <laughs> I, I guess we have in some ways crafted ourselves a job, but um, I am far more money now, far much more, far more money now. I'm doing what I do. I get far more job satisfaction in the sense that I get a lot more feedback on the fact that I change people's lives. So I'd say, if anything, the job I do now is far more impactful than just being a cog in the wheel, which I was. Well, um, yeah, I mean, there there is that small point. I mean, he he makes that you know snide sort of aside, uh, uh, saying, "Well, teaching day games is not a proper job." I, I mean, listen, building a business where you give value and other people, um, you know, they want that value. There's a demand there and they're willing to give you money. That That is a perfectly legitimate business model. And so I, I think teaching day game or teaching, you know, knitting or teaching anything else is a proper job, you know, as far as we can say what a proper job is. I mean, in some ways, I would say, I think like you've just really given lip, you know, paid lip service to. I think in some ways, I would say actually what I'm doing now is more of a proper job than what I was doing before when I was really just a cog in the corporate machine and I could get fired at any time and nobody really gave a damn. You know, there was no loyalty from the company to me. There was no loyalty really from me to the company. Um, you know, and, and there is this wider issue that the corporate world is not safe in the way that it once was. It, it's not sort of like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get a corporate job because I'll be there for life and I'll get, you know, a nice pension at the end and it's all going to be great. That world doesn't exist anymore. So, and this whole thing about what is a proper job? Well, a proper job is where you deliver value and people are willing to pay you for that value. And I would say that what we're doing falls firmly in that category. Yeah, again, it's quite, quite again, we, we can't read into it too, too much because you might be writing it in a moment of anger or whatever. It doesn't make yeah, it a totally, totally. But, it's, but yeah, it did seem a little bit judgy. I mean, I'm not, I'm, guys often ask for advice on what should I be doing as a job, not me, but guys going, well, what should I be doing as a job? And I always say to guys, look, um, I respect any guy who's working any job as long as you've decided to do that and you're 100% in. What isn't acceptable, in my opinion, is, is working a job where you're not really enjoying it, but you're too scared to break out of the mould um, and really have a think about, you haven't got the self-respect enough to think about what you really want to be doing. 
Um, so I think that's when I call into question the integrity of what someone's doing, not the tight career title. I think the monkeys or not the job title, it's yeah. whether you're actually enjoying it. Because if you're not, um, you know, part of this, when, when, when we teach the guy says, Richie Rich says, we teach day game, that's part of it. But really what we're doing is helping guys with every area, getting them to max out the fitness, the fashion, the finances, living an interesting reality. If you're doing a job that sucks balls in your mind uh, and you're doing it eight, nine hours a day, um, you know, five days a week for a period of 10, 15 years, it's going to have a big mental toll on what you're doing you know it, it women are going to smell yeah. but you're not really particularly happy they are jumping into your reality uh, to a large degree so i think you need to kind of look in the mirror and think right what's the what's the circumstance here um yeah 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 ex ex exactly i mean he may have just like you said he's he's just sort of he's just sounding off there it's probably you know not necessarily meant to be like some great personal insult or something but it, it's just like we do live in this world now where things are changing and mutating the whole time and what is considered a career what is considered like a proper job i mean you know there was a lot of criticism last year for these like in instagram influencers who all went off to dubai during the lockdown and people were like wow well, it's not a proper job is it you know like but i mean what as i say again whatever gives people value um and they're willing to to pay somebody's willing to pay money for that that that's a fair exchange right and those people who've got just instagram accounts and they're posting pictures in bikinis and stuff um you know, if you amass a million followers and then brands can monetize that and you can get paid for it, well, you know, there it is. This is this is capitalism. This is how the world works. So um, I agree. It's about demand, you know, isn't it? It's not about yeah. morality. It's just about what's yeah. the actual demand. If people pay yeah, exactly. for this content, and we, it's, a, it's a job. And, and by the way, I mean, it's worth mentioning, we, we've both said, you know, if for some reason we had to step back from doing what we're doing at the moment, um, then we would do that and we would just look to, to, to take it in a different direction or we'd look to do something slightly different but adjacent to this. So, you know, it's, it's teaching, teaching day game is, is one thing that you can do, but there are many, many, many things that you can do as a self-employed person or even as an employed person where you're working remotely and you have got this ability to travel around. Yeah, he's also said, I mean, again, we're just kind of reading between the lines here, but he said, oh, it's, you know, basically live on that matter you know just because they get paid to teach day game not a real career basically live a nomadic lifestyle it's comical i mean again um i mean we will maybe at some stage see the tuscan troy comedy roadshow but we're not doing it for comical reasons we're doing it because we live one life and we choose um to travel because it makes us happy um i'm speaking for myself there but i think with troy as well um it's part of the gambit of, of living life for me is traveling i really enjoy it um so you know, any one mind's cafeteers and other hands, yeah. You know, but any, but we're but, not trying to enforce this on anyone. It's just the life we've chosen. Yeah, I think that's the. But I suppose, <laughs> I suppose, get, getting aside from the, um, you know, his day game, you know, his teaching, dating, social skills, a proper job, and all of that stuff. I suppose the other, the wider issue is, Mr. Tusk, how come you get to swat off all around the world all the time when I'm sitting at my desk in Canary Wharf? You know, like in practicality terms, how do you how do you do that? You mean, what should they be like, doing? Well, no, well, because you've, I mean, the, the reason that you're able to do that is because you've constructed a job around something that you're you're passionate about, right? So, um, so I guess the next stage is to say, well, is that possible for everybody? Could everybody do this um, in some form or another? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, again, we don't want to get into, into the nitty gritty because that's, guys will know their own kind of regulations with, with corporate work yeah. better than us, but... I know a number of people who basically can work remotely. A number of US guys, there's probably about 20 I could probably list out, who 
who were working, still working for corporates in America, but they're basically globally remote. Yeah. So they can do it from anywhere. So what they've done is they picked, I've spoken to a number of them, consulted with a number of them on which location is best for them, depending on kind of their preferences of weather, type of people they're going to be integrating with the culture, et cetera, et cetera. And a number of them have based themselves in Serbia, some in Croatia, a couple in Ukraine, a couple in Russia, a couple in Scandinavia. I mean, they're, they're fine. They're loving it, you know? So yeah, I, I don't see, again, if you're, I don't know, it, it just struck me as, again, we're reading between the lines. We're never really going to get a real answer, right? Because Well, we are because we are because Richie Rich has just joined the chat and he's just put a comment uh, in the chat now. He did. My God. It's like when, um, yeah, you get someone calling in to like a radio show. I love it. Yeah. Um, can we actually put him on? Is that possible? Um, if he wanted to, we could send him the, the link and he could come on, but I don't, it would depend if he, if he wants to or not. I mean, obviously he could do it without, um, he could have the camera off if he wanted to. Um, you want to or he could just... Richie Rich, open invite if you want to come on and discuss this. Um, hi lads, just FYI, sorry if that comment came across. Preachy, I was just a bit miffy, giving fun, girls are a bit, guys are being lazy for not traveling. Some people have solid reasons. Yeah, I get that. You know, some people have commitments in one place, they can't travel. Um, all we're trying to do is encourage people to travel because we think it's going yeah. to equate to an expansion of your horizons and a lot of opportunity in the dating front. But you don't have to. Um, what else has he said? Also, you know as well as I do that the dating industry is full of frauds and shysters. <laughs> nice old school Charles Dickens English. I treat the whole thing with a high degree of skepticism. Not saying that applies to you, but still. So he's kind of cloak and dagger calling us out, is he? I'm not sure what. what he's no, saying. I don't. I don't think so. I think that. I think that he just means that the industry as a whole is um, the industry <laughs> as a whole is uh, is is known to be sort of. You do get you do get some shady characters, and and yeah, we're we're fully aware of that, and um, you know that's something we've discussed, and we'll probably continue to discuss on on shows, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to, to say to that, really, because that doesn't that 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 doesn't detract from what what we're doing, which we believe is a is a um, appropriate, you know, extra value exchange where we're we're taking people and we're through various methods, we're giving them content or we're training them, and um, you know, we and and we're getting good results. So um, so yeah, I mean, there may be some fraudsters around, but that's that doesn't really affect the validity of what of what we're doing. And also, I think, again, it's not being preached from our point of view, but just for guys to bear in mind, we put out content completely for free. It's really your decision if you want to buy into it or not. Um, there's no pressure from us to do so. If you resonate with our content, um, which some people do, and then you, you consider us as people that could help you kind of improve this area of your life, that's when you get in touch, and that's when there's an exchange of money for time and value, etc. But you've got to remember, first and foremost, we do everything for free. Um, again, I, I, I would like it to, I think what we do is kind of like Steve Jobs designing the inside of the Apple keyboard, where you're never going to, you know, no one's going to really see it. If I wasn't, I would be doing this lifestyle anyway. I'd be living this lifestyle regardless. If I wasn't putting it online, I'd probably be writing it down Yeah. on a private blog. So it's really just an extension of what we're doing that people are kind of buying into, seeing through the looking glass in a way. Indeed. Indeed. Um... But yeah, going, going back to the point in question about traveling. So, okay, let's assume that you can't get on a plane and just work remote and, and head off and blah, blah, blah. Why should you, should you bother traveling when you get holiday? How best to do it? Well, I mean, I still need to have a look at my, um, 
you know, circumstance. I, I still need to make a decision about exactly how I'm going to take this because, I mean, you are, Tusk, you are pretty much nomadic, aren't you? That would be fair to say. I mean, you are kind of on the road the whole time. I'm still not really. I mean, I've got a place in, uh, in London. I've also got actually this place here in Berlin. And what it might end up being is that I could, I could potentially work a model where I am sort of effectively based in, in London, um, but I'm going on trips, um, which, again, I know is not possible for everybody because if I'm not doing the corporate nine to five, I can sort of go whenever I want. But, I mean, when I was in the corporate nine to five, I would just be taking holidays and I'd be going away to different places. You know, obviously in the UK particularly, we're very lucky because we're very near to Europe and Russia. So it's not difficult to get on a plane, even for a weekend. You could go to Poland, um, charge around, you know, make some contacts with some new people. Um, and then you've got the opportunity to then go back and follow up on that. So, I mean, the, the US, I guess you can go to different states and things like this. But certainly in the UK, we're very lucky given that we're near to a shed load of very, very interesting countries with a lot of cool, you know, people there and cool, cool women there. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, but, you know, if you were back in that kind of corporate job and you were considering, you'd been listening to, to old Torero's podcast, which was the inspiration for me to start traveling because yeah. he was always saying he's in a new place and it just sounded very descriptive and I was really jealous of being stuck yeah. in London. But the dappled sunlight is uh, shining onto the, uh, onto yeah. the palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> little weight raindrops dance off my skin all that routine um what would you be advising guys to do or what would you be doing if you were back in that position would you be desperate to hop on a plane would you be getting in touch with you know recommended places would you be planning yeah, absolutely, absolutely. to get more remote or i mean what would you be doing i think well i, I think well I, I guess i'd be planning my trying to plan an exodus to to, to work out a way to be more remote in the first place because that's that's one thing but the second thing is um i'd probably just be using holiday time to be to be jetting off here and there and, and everywhere really i mean I, I knew a guy some years ago before i even was really fully aware of this lifestyle and he worked in the corporate company where i worked and actually quite a solid sort of boring officey type bloke but him and his brother they used to go off to places like Albania and Romania and um, all of these Eastern European countries every holiday. And he was telling me how amazing it was. And I was like, why, why is he going to those places? Because at the time, I, I wasn't clued into, you know, some of the benefits, let's say, of those, of those kinds of places. And now I can see, you know, here was a guy, he's working a job, probably making quite a decent income, paying the mortgage, whatever, and then jetting off whenever he had the opportunity and having an amazing time and probably meeting loads of amazing girls and everything else. So I would... You know, I think it's perfectly feasible to do that. I mean, I, I know it's, it's funny because, like, when you get Americans who come to London to work, um, I've often met Americans and they say, say, oh, yeah, you know, I just travel every weekend. Every weekend I get on a plane and I go to a different European capital city. And as an English person working in London, I, I don't know, I tended not to do that. That seemed to be not be a thing to do. But the American who comes there as a foreigner, they're like, damn, this is awesome because I'm working in London, but also I'm really near to all these other cool places. So, um, and I, I know being being a bit London UK centric there, but you know, just just think about what you can do within the limitations of you know whatever job it is you're doing. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And I had a number of Aussie friends that you know came over on the, on the standard two year visa, where they end up doing a shitload of drugs because they're like, oh my god, it's like a third of the price. Uh, but also, what they do really well, um, and much to my kind of chagrin and embarrassment about how it kind of made me realise how little I was taking action was. Yeah, every weekend they'd be doing the same they're, because they knew they were on a two-year kind of stay of execution. So every yeah. weekend they'd, they'd fly to a new European place, <clears throat> and it's a brilliant way to live. Uh, and they had a wild time. 
And it's, I think, again, we take it for granted, don't we, when we're in a place like that. Uh, I don't know many people from London that actually do that actively when it's kind of a no-brainer in, in a lot of ways, isn't it? To kind of not necessarily do it every weekend, but at least once a month. There's no real excuse. Yeah. Book a Thursday off, like late Wednesday evening, Thursday, Friday, take off two days and then you're back Sunday. It's perfectly doable. So mm. that might mm. be an inter, in, kind of inter, intermediate stage of doing it. And actually, I started doing that before I started traveling full time. I actually kind of adapted the Aussie model that my friends have been doing because I was like, fuck, but, you know, this, why don't I just pretend I've got two years left here? And then that's going to yeah. be that death ground, that urgency to actually get on with it because I think that's what's lacking, isn't it? We were talking about this in a different context the other day. But having, having that real urgency for stuff, you just let stuff drift by and it's a combination yeah. of trying to figure out how to distill that feeling you get from, okay, shit, I have to get this done or I'm not getting on that flight. You know, my PCR test needs to be done or I'm missing that fucking 300 pound flight. How do we distill that urgency into this life that we live? Yeah. Non-stressful work. Yeah. Well, I remember it really striking me because this girl, whoever it was, it was a girl or a guy or whatever, somebody that I'd met socially and they were saying, um, yeah, I, I, ju I just go to new places every weekend. And it, it really struck me. I was thinking, well, why the hell don't I do that? And it, I just think it's sort of like... Um, I, I don't know what it is, really. I think it's you're in your comfort zone. As a British person in, in your own home city, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, weekends, I just chill out. I go to the pub. I do the, you know, whatever. And it's a bit like, but you don't have to do that. You could, no. Friday, of, Friday evening, you could go to the airport. You could get on a flight. You could go somewhere totally different, you know. And what you can do then is you can go around and effectively, you know, collect contact details. You could go to a place for a fairly short period of time, go around, collect contact details, and then decide if you want to follow up. So say you're in Warsaw and you collect like 10 phone numbers or something like that. And then you're, you're messaging those women and you're seeing what the, the feedback is. And if, if some of them are looking good, then you think, okay, right, I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back for, for a longer weekend or I'll go back for a week or something like that, you know? So it's a very good strategy. I, th I think it's, it's akin to, you know, the touristy stuff in London. Most people I meet who are foreign know London far better than me in terms of like cool restaurants they've been to, a tourist attraction. Yeah. Because you have this inherent laziness, don't you? You just assume, oh, one yeah. day I'll get it done. You take it for yeah. granted and you don't do it. So, yeah, uh, I'd, maybe that's a good good strategy to recommend to guys. Richie, Rich, if you do watch this in the catch-up, I know you're, you're doing corporate stuff. But, yeah, it, 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 maybe that's a feasible way. Just to spice into maybe one <clears> or two weekends every month where you just, you just head off to like a... Uh, a distant land it may be in europe i mean it doesn't have to be south america right for the weekend mm, um mm. and if you need advice on that obviously get in touch with myself and troy because between us yeah. we've, we've traveled very very extensively now Got and also and also you can even do would you recommend the old uh the old tinder uh taste test before you go to see what you the you know what what the quality is like and what kind of reception you're getting from the swipes Although the only danger with that is Tinder, obviously being a business. Um, I did it. My mate said, "Go on, then let's see as a joke." Put my hometown in when we we're in Brazil. We put in, we put in Scunthorpe, and it was absolutely worldies. So I, I don't I don't know how accurate it really is because I think they just fill it up with, with with photos to make it look good. We did it with Hull as well. Yeah. And it, I'm I'm now thinking I should move to Hull, which, as we know, in reality, is not the epicenter of the the budding supermodel industry. So. I don't know. I don't know. But I used to recommend doing that. I, I still think it's worth a go because you can see the receptiveness of kind of um, leads you are matching with and even get some information from people on the ground just about yeah. kind of what it's like then and there, especially with COVID restrictions and things where things are a bit unknown, things are in flux. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I, I think even if I go back to London for a stint and I'm actually kind of positioned in London, that's something I'll look to do more of because I've kind of almost remembered now that that is a possibility. Just because yes. I'm living in London for three, four months or you're in Berlin doesn't mean you can't jet off to another city within Germany. No. Stroke, another Benelux country or even further afield. Well, I mean, like both of, I mean, again, we're being very uh, sort of like specific to those. <laughs> there, there's probably people watching who don't live in Berlin or, or, or London. But, you know, wherever you are, you've got to look at what your, you know, your travel connections are, are like. And they're probably, I'm sure there are options for you, you know. But um, both London and Berlin are very well placed for getting around the rest of Europe. Like, for example, here, I can get on a train. I could be in Prague in four hours. Um, and then I can be in, you know, I could, you can get to Warsaw in about seven hours, I think, on the train. Get really? to Vienna quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, once, so, and, and London, obviously, you know, you've got the big airports, you've got, you can get anywhere in the world, really, from London. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's thinking a bit bigger than your hometown, I suppose. Now, of course, there might be somebody on here going, yeah, well, I live in Wigan, so what, what about that, boys? Get out to London. I know, I know a number of guys who live in kind of the sticks, you know, in, within the UK. And I say, well, could you get down to London once a month, you know, book an Airbnb or book a hotel? There are hotels in central London, so one or two for £40, pound, for £40 pound a night. Is it feasible? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you want to do it? And they're like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then I make them book the ticket then and there. They do it. And they're like, oh, that was amazing. Because obviously they come down to London, I'll put them in touch with wings. You have that urgency when you're actually stopping people. You know, you've got the logistics. So you can really smash it that weekend you're there and go help for leather. And it's mm. a good way of kind of topping up your activity if, you know, you are in a smaller place and maybe you haven't got kind of a, the volume that you need. Although I do think that's another way guys kind of pretend to not put in the, the right amount of action because they, they, they just think, oh, it's too small here. Everyone knows each other. They're kind of missing the point, which is you can still be very sociable with everyone, even if you're mm. not kind of hitting mm. on them per se, if that makes sense. Um, this is a great mm. comment from Old Milk Post. Every Russia stream I've watched of you guys, you've worn the same T-shirts. I use sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a deliberate strategy because women keeping pick the up pheromones on, on. keeping the women pheromones. pick up on pheromones. So um, we chose to wear the same t-shirts for a, for an entire three week period uh, to maximise our opportunities in Russia, um, and it worked really well. We've had a couple of questions about Albania and Greece here. I am actually off to Greece. I'm off to Crete for ten days. I have been to Greece before. Uh, it's not the easiest place for day game, in my opinion, as a foreigner. You don't get like a reception we had in Russia or when we go to the US or other places where they're very kind of pro-positive British. It's just they're just not that fast. Like it wasn't really. In, a, in a Greece. Bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And then Albania, Albania has been on both our lists for a while, hasn't it? I'd love to go. To yeah, I, I really want to go to Albania. Um, so maybe, maybe hopefully at some point they'll be able to be able to tick that one off. Uh, yeah. Do a little bit of the old uh, live filming from there, maybe. That'd be great. Um, I can't resonate with two six-foot white men with full heads of hair. Ask you more of a goatee or a beard guy. There's some very strange questions going on today. Um, <laughs> in his in in the women that he dates. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Um, what else we got here? What sort of schedule, traveling schedule for this year? Well, myself and Troy are going to rejoin forces in Russia, 12th to the 18th of August, and then April, August 18th to 24th, we will be Helsinki. And you're going to be running a, a boot camp as a collective. In Berlin. We're going to be running a boot camp in Berlin, 9th to the 12th of September. Yes, yes. So if any guys are interested in any of those, get in touch. Email myself or Troy. 
and we will um, put you in touch. This is interesting. I followed Nomad Capitalist and said Eastern Europe is a great place for property and feminine women. I actually tried to get in touch with him. He didn't reply. Um, but I think his content is pretty good. Um, mm. So kind of open invitation if you ever watch this, Mr. Capitalist. You want to come on for a chat, collaboration, let us know. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, it is, it, is, it is a great place for, for both of those things, though, because you can still pick up uh, properties relatively inexpensively in, in parts of Eastern Europe. I mean, obviously, do your research and all of that. But, um, but yeah, I'd agree on those points. It's our street today game like an army general. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what does that that's probably true. That's probably true, actually. All right, get out of there and do your approaches. Give me 50. It's not quite Goggins, <laughs> though, is it? <laughs> doing thousand squats um, on a date. Um, anything else to kind of touch on with the traveling stuff that we need to be talking about? What are some other frequently asked questions that we can mingle in to do with traveling? How much does it cost? We get that a lot, don't we? What what locations to go to? We get that a lot. Again, with with specific locations, what I really recommend you do is just get in touch with us, and we can both like jump on a call with you and kind of talk you through different locations, just in terms of. Mm. You know the culture, the, the English levels, the receptiveness of, of people there. Um, we, we've travelled extensively, and again, reading online um, and experience about a place is not necessarily akin to actually going there. So we can try and paint the picture as objectively as possible, depending on your individual circumstances. So get in touch if you want advice on that. Uh, just send, mm -hmm. send us an email; we can help you out. But are there any other kind of prevalent um, travel things that you get asked a lot? Sure. Um. People often ask about where to stay, where to stay in hotels and Airbnbs. Um, but your strategy is good. The strategy we were using on the trip is really good, which is you, I mean, for, the first thing to say is that is that hotels seem to work very well for short short stays. Uh, if you're somewhere for longer, there may be an Airbnb. But the other thing is logistics is key. So look for the bar area, look for the nightlife area and try to position yourself as near to that as you as you possibly can. If possible, on the same street which we did in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I think check into an area, um, check into a place for one or two days, maybe one day even, just make sure you like it. And then kind of, to, you know, you have a walk around, you see where all the main area and the activity takes place. And then you make a decision to extend it or do we move. Um, it's not the cheapest, is it? I mean, I, tot I totaled up roughly our accommodation costs from when I got to Russia and it came in about uh, 1,200, which, you know, it seems like, I guess, a lot on the face of it. But then when you times that by 12, if you were traveling full time and living in pretty <clears> decent <throat> places and doing it very non-economically, you know, we're not assuming you've booked an Airbnb for three months, that would come in about 12K a year, which when you when you put it in terms of per year, it doesn't actually seem that much, does it, really? Um, well, it's not it's too far. It, it, it's not, It's not. I mean, it's equivalent to rent in London. I mean, you could, or certainly you could pay a lot more than that on rent in London, so... Um, yeah, yeah, you could pay a lot more, and we're staying in nicer places comparatively, aren't we? A full stove hotel. Yeah. Most of the time, it's going to be nicer than your flat in London if you rented or, or bought one. Mm. Um, there are exceptions to that rule. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, we, we can go into if the demand's there, we can go into, I guess, specific, like a, just a full on every tip we recommend for traveling but again it's probably just better to get in touch with us because we can streamline that process and just just send you a quick whatsapp you know with whatever specifics you have on that stuff um locations as well get in touch with us for that that's the obvious obvious thing to do um mm, yeah. 
just to kind of recap how much we spend. I mean, we were we were spending quite a bit, weren't we? We were spending probably thirty five quid a day on food. So times that by thirty, whatever that comes to. That's that was our food bill per person. How what is it, nine hundred pounds or something? A thousand pounds? What for the, over the whole trip? Yeah, if we yeah, spent thirty a day. No, less than a thousand. Thirty a day times thirty. What's that? God. Six hundred. Yeah, uh, about nine hundred. Nine hundred. Is it nine hundred? Mm, mm. How how can that be the same price as what we spent on accommodation? Well, it's not. I think I think we I think we spent more on accommodation. I think right. I think we spent more like one thousand five hundred on accommodation. To, right. To, okay. I could be wrong though. I could be. I mean, I need to look at it again. I just started. And then I spent some... I spent a bit on booze as well, and then that was probably. I mean, that's pretty much it in terms of kind of expenditure. We had some random things like you know massages. And, um, um, gyms I mean, and things like that. Yeah, you've obviously got the travel itself. You've got like the train tickets and things like this, but yeah, um, the flights as well, the internal flights. Mm, I mean, mm. we're looking at probably around a hundred per flight with baggage, which again, uh, I don't think it's very, it's, it's much bad. We're, we're not doing shit like flying business. I mean, it's just pointless mm, mm. Um, for short-term flights. But again, with flying, if you plan it in far enough in advance, then it's actually pretty, pretty cheap. Uh, we tend to put last minute, so it's more expensive. But you don't need to do that, do you? No, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, there are certainly cheap travel hacks and all the rest of it, and we could go into that on another on another stream. But I, I suppose the overarching point is that it doesn't. It, it it's not as expensive as people think. You know, I mean, um, and, and that trip we did it in a fairly not baller way, but we we did it in a, a fairly comfortable way. You know, you could certainly do it a lot more cheaply than we did. You could do it. You could spend a third, really, of what mm. we spent and still have a pretty good trip where you're not staying in dodgy hostels with 16 men and some strange yes. sounds at night. I mean, it's it's mm. definitely doable, but we were just kind of like, well, yeah, we enjoy good hotels. <laughs> we enjoy swarming down in our in our ball gowns, you know, as someone plays mm. a piano mm. in the corner, someone playing yeah. a violin and some over, there, over the top, you know, under the, under some over the top chandelier, some absolute nonsense. So... Yeah, we, we don't splurge on it, um, but we don't. We also don't go cheap on it. So, but again, within your means, and I think the key point that I've always made with this, um, that I kind of did accidentally, was kind of living, trying to just live the lifestyle I wanted to, and then your money catches up because you just realise you have to earn a certain amount to do that. So it forces you to earn more. Whereas the mm, scarcity mm. mindset of kind of going, oh, okay, I'm going to exist on a bag, a, a tin of baked beans, and stay in a, a room, inevitably because you're kind of almost trying to shrink it you're going to have less motivation to earn more money so yeah that's just mm, a personal mm. thing i think um yeah yeah you don't have to go and see the details but how quickly have you pulled your home from a home hotel from day game or traveling i mean you did it very quickly on a date that i was actually watching mm. uh, yes because kind of, i was in the same venue and it was about half an hour but it's not necessarily game one in the house you have to set them sitting down We've got yeah. our, our, our friend in common, Mr. K, Kofi. I mean, he, his date model is just walking back to his hotel. He doesn't do yeah. the date. And then once, you know, he's in his house, it can be game on within a minute. It could maybe take him an hour, two hours. But the key is he's basically skipping out to go for a drink bar because he doesn't drink. So he doesn't want to sit in the bar. Um, so mm. he's just like, okay, I'm walking back to his house, some sort of plausible liabilities go in. And then it's like, kind of just make it happen from there, which in a way is quite a sensible way of doing it because you're just 
you're just showing exactly what it's about. And, it, and if she doesn't want to buy into that process, then she just leaves. And it's okay because she doesn't hold it against you for trying it on. So I, I think it's something might, maybe guys could experiment with a bit more, doing Mr. K's date model. Um, he's been doing that for years. So it's, it's, it's definitely feasible. You don't have to do it because I know guys quite like the romance of going for a couple of drinks. Maybe that's yeah. your bag, but that is a, that is a we, possibility so far. We were sort of getting closer to that, weren't we, on the trip, but largely because of the um, like practical logistics. Because if you're only staying somewhere for two nights and it's your last night, then then really, what what are you going to do? You know? Yeah, we were. I mean, we had that natural urgency of time, didn't we, against us? So that is your biggest enemy with all this stuff and with every trip it always happens doesn't it where all the kind of leads come together at the last minute and it's almost like yeah. the last day you've almost decided right i'm gonna have an early one and then suddenly three three potentials come through and you're like oh, for god's sake the nature of this piece is always like that and then yeah exactly the right horse and stuff um mm -hmm. and, yeah, and, again, and we could talk about that we could talk about that again on a different stream because the sort of which horse do you back kind of side of things almost like the almost like the admin side of it is quite interesting because you can make tactical errors with that with that stuff i've certainly done that where you um you put your money on a prospect and then that prospect doesn't come through and then you've wasted an, another prospect yeah and the great irony is it's a, a bit like trying to guess someone's nationality when you first stop them we always get it wrong you almost have you almost always back the wrong horse don't you in a lot of ways because you the, you know the girl who's very open and super sexual ironically is often the girl who's not actually wanting to, to do anything and it's kind of the one you didn't suspect you know kind of sweet innocent hmm. girl that might be up for something so it's, it's yeah again it's it's our inability to read a room often you know, just men as a whole it's quite tough to do it and we always turn to make yeah. assumptions which you think are clear as day you know 100 this is the, 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 the right thing and it's often not um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Super Elite makes an interesting comment. I highly recommend watching walking tour travel videos on YouTube. Almost every city has them. 4K walking tour Moscow, you can see girls and it helps you get inspired. So from our point of view, this is quite interesting because I've I have heard about this and apparently these videos are getting massive views. And it's basically just a bloke walking around with a camera showing showing the city. And in a in a in a funny way, what we were doing with the the live streams was similar to that in a sense. We were walking around showing the city, also, but also having a bit of banter and also doing a few approaches at the same time. So I think that kind of further validates the, the model that we've started to do, which is these live walking around, you know, dating live stream things. Because, um, it, it, you know, even if we're not doing an approach, you still get to see, the viewers still get to see the city. They get to see a bit of the vibe. So it's, it's sort of part travel, part dating advice if you like yeah and i think that's the direction we're going to head in isn't it because we, we really like the exploring part and seeing the cultural element as well so when we can combine that in with just what we're doing which is basically being sociable and then as a result of that opportunities arise that's kind of a cool way to kind of take this stuff and i think we're both keen to do it because it's not for us it when we go to a new place it is about exploring it is about something that kind of local yeah. food and, and going out to some cool places and exploring the city seeing the history seeing the art all that sort of stuff for me, that kind of completes a trip. And if you're not doing that, it's kind of like, well, what did you really do? I mean, um, yeah, the old, so. the old thing of like, the old thing of like, yeah, we stayed in a hostel and we went out doing day game for 14 hours a day. And you know, it's it's a bit, it's it's a it's a bit seedy and it's a bit miserable, really. I mean, you want to be you want to be doing it more as a cultural thing. I think. I think so, and just blended in as an as an overarching thing. Um, again, you know, if you're starting this off and you feel you need to go hardcore. 
into it, then it maybe that that's an acceptable way of doing it to begin. But for me, the most fun has been when you combine both because you actually explore the place and you see the city and you have these amazing experiences and memories. Yeah. So yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of both. Give me one second, Mister Francis. I'm just going to go and check my flight. Maybe answer Sean's question while I'm just head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sean says, do you find it hard to bag absolute worldies for short-term, no-strings sex when they know you are traveling and won't be hanging around? Most high-quality women want some commitment before sex. No. Um, <coughs> not necessarily, no. I mean, of course, it depends what you mean by a high-quality woman. I mean, um, but in the end, all women are women. You know, they all, they all enjoy sex. They all enjoy meeting you guys. They all enjoy hooking up. Um, it, it, it kind of just depends. And that there is an element of being in the right place at the right time with this stuff, you know. Um, if you're talking about attractive women, like beautiful women, um, then it's it's kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot, really. I mean, I mean, you are gonna find some that you are gonna, you know, be able to have to get intimate with very quickly in a, in a casual way, and that's gonna be absolutely fine. Um, others are are going to be more resistant to that, but this is the, this is the whole point. I mean, the, the whole point of the model that we're doing really is just going out, being as social with everybody as possible, and sort of seeing what comes from that. You know, if you're talking about quality women in the sense of oh, she's really traditional and she's got certain values and this and that, then um, I suppose yeah, you know, there's a possibility that that, that many of those girls are going to be a bit more. You know they're, they're gonna they're gonna need a little bit more investment um, before they uh, you know before they get intimate with somebody. But it's a little bit of a misconception to think that. I mean, we're, in the end, women are women, right? You know, sometimes they want a fast, exciting adventure. You know, for for other purposes in their life, they want um, you know something a bit slower, a bit longer term because they're looking for commitment. So it's just a question of going out there. Um, flipping over the stones, as we say, and uh, and see what comes up, and you'd be surprised at, at the results that you can get. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Sharon says, "What is your? I can't bring these up." Troy, what is your opinion on pulling a threesome with threes if you uh, can't get a six? Because two times uh, three equals six. I think it's a good strategy. Um, I was. Ju I just said. I just finished off this uh, Sean Evans one. I was just saying that um, it's a bit of a misconception to assume that you know a woman isn't going to be down for casual sex just because you know she's she's of a certain level of beauty or anything like that. You know, you, you've got to just flip over the stones. Sometimes it's a question of being in the right place at the right time, but you'd be surprised what agreed. you can get. Agreed. Completely what was the volume like in Moscow versus St. Petersburg? Did you find high-frequency approach easy? I would say the volume... I mean, the, you know, like, some, Moscow is 12 million people. St. Petersburg is, is about 5 or 6 million. So, you know, the volume in Moscow is, 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 is bigger. No, no doubt about it. And quality in Moscow is very, very high as well. But, and we've actually been having this internal debate because it's like, which, which do we prefer? And it's kind of, it's kind of a tricky one. I, I like both of them for different reasons. St. Petersburg... It's still a very big city, and you've still got a lot of very, very beautiful women there. So um, both of them are great. St. Petersburg, it, it, it probably comes more down to personal taste in the end. I mean, St. Petersburg is good because it's a little bit grimy. It's got a good nightlife scene. It's kind of fun. Moscow is a little bit more pretentious. It's a little bit more high class, which is, 
good or bad, depending on what your tastes are. Um, but I think ultimately, if someone put a gun to my head, I think ultimately Moscow probably wins because you've just got huge quantity and you've got extreme beauty uh, concentrated in the same place. Yeah, I think they're both. I think you may completely agree with both uh, viewpoints on it. I think maybe there's an argument for us to end up in St. Petersburg when we go back, yeah. just because the flight to Helsinki is only 55 minutes. Yeah, so geographically, it kind of makes sense. But I guess I guess it also depends on the leads, doesn't it? Because we're going to text. We're going to both got leads to text. It's kind of like well, which horses yeah to back. Um, mm, but there was mm. some, there was such, something quite cool about St. Petersburg, a bit grim, a bit grimy. And logistically, it was amazing, wasn't it, being on Ruben's team as well? Yeah, that's interesting. Two uh, Saboshi says, I moved to Poland from USA about three months ago. After landing a remote job, there are plenty of, at the moment, I'm not sure what that means, but best decision I made. I can imagine it would be because obviously, you know, and this is the thing, you know, this, this space is full of guys complaining about the dating marketplace, but they tend to be in America or the UK or Canada. And they're saying, oh, you know, everything's going to hell in a handcart. Dating is terrible. It's over, blah, blah, blah. But when you move to a different country, when you move someone to, to somewhere like Poland and, you know, uh, other parts of the former Soviet Union or Latin America or whatever, you see, you see, hang on a minute, things are actually really different here. And that, I think, is probably a message that we need to bang the drum for more. I agree. Um, my flight is, is boarding. So should I leave you on? Do you want to stay on for a bit? I mean, the 65 guys. No, because unfortunately I need to go as well because I've got to sort myself out because I've got to go to, to, to a meeting in a bit. So we'll probably have to call it now. But um, final, final question though from Jaren. Yes, it's great. Um, I've, I've taken Indian Pakistani guys there for a few years. They always do well. It's a brilliant, brilliant place to learn this stuff. Very promiscuous culture as well. Our so, James says Helsinki or Stockholm for his first day game adventure out of the UK. Personally, for me, I would say Helsinki. I think it's just more fun. People are more friendly, more quirky. You can get the ferry over to Tallinn as well, just for a bit of banter. Um, just a, a really fun place. Um, more friendly, I think they're overall more friendly than Swedes as well. Um, so, highly recommend it. If you've got questions on Helsinki, guys, send us an email. We still have a couple of spaces. You can come and join us 18th if you want and you can come for any number of days if you even want just want drop by for one day we do a per day rate or you can come for multiple days but just get in touch because we are sorting that out as we speak um we guess we'll go again tomorrow keep up these lives indeed uh we'll indeed about a appropriate question absolutely good stuff nice one okay guys been a pleasure i've got to run and get on a flight troy enjoy your day and we will see indeed. you again soon Speak nice. soon. Bye-bye. Pleasure. Bye.